Everybody, when the service is over, we'll watch a reel. And um, amen. Uh, don't forget, service is at 5 o'clock tonight. Service in person will be at 5 o'clock tonight. Amen. I'm trying to think of anything else I'm forgetting. Amen. And I hope everybody's got the five questions. Surely there's somebody right now that's missing it. Uh, just in case, I'm going to go over them one more time. This is their last chance. I'm going to give the five questions. Number one, what is the title of the message? Number two, what is point number two? Number three, what is the job of the high priest? Number four, in the Old Testament, what happened uh, when, the old, when, the, when the high priest would die? The bonus question is, why does the Catholic Church have a confession booth today? That's not question number five. That's the bonus question. It's, there's a difference. Amen. And uh, the winner of the questions will get a $60 uh, gift card. Amen. You can buy, take your wife or you take your spouse out to eat. Uh, you can keep it for yourself and buy lunches at work every day. Or you can take the pastor out to eat. i just throwing out different ideas that you could do. Amen. <clears throat> we got your Bibles this morning, and I hope that we do, even in our living rooms, that we take the time to, to, to give this time to the Lord. And it's so easy to let things distract us. It's so easy to not get our Bibles out and follow along. It's so easy to keep our phones out and be watching whatever it is, Fox News or whatever the latest Twitter is. So easy to be distracted in our homes this morning. But I pray that we take time and we just give it to the Lord. Genesis chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4. Genesis chapter 3 and Hebrews chapter 4. Amen. The title of the message is Heresy of the Priest. Heresy of the Priest. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. Just, a, just, a, just an interesting thought there. Not part of the message, but an interesting thought is Adam heard the voice of God and hid himself. And then God said, where art thou? Think about that. That means God was talking with somebody else, maybe within the Trinity. Maybe God was singing. Whatever it is, God was, God's voice was, was uh, being used, and Adam heard it. And when he heard it, he hid himself. Now, let's fast forward 4,000 years, roughly, to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. I'm going to take a big leap. Hebrews 4, verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But look at this. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Church, not much has changed since the fall in the garden. God is still God. Sin is still sin. And the heart of man is still an open book. We are naked before God. We ought to fear him. Let's pray. Dear Lord. I pray that you would use this next 20, 25 minutes, Lord, <clears throat> and you would let, no, I pray that your people would open up their hearts 
to your word, not to my voice or not to my tendencies or my preferences or my standards, Lord, but would open their hearts to your word that's being preached this morning, Lord. I pray that I'm a clean vessel that you can use me. And I pray that, Lord, we would allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in our hearts, not just in this auditorium this morning, but within the hearts of the believer, Lord. We, the, 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 the believer is the temple, Lord. And this morning, the temple is scattered abroad in our homes, Lord. I pray that you get all the honor and glory this morning and there'll be a Holy Spirit moving in the lives of your people this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Adam communed with God and he named every creature that was made and, and that alone, I can't even fathom that. Um, I've always said I love, my favorite scripture is the first 10 chapters of Genesis. It's, it's, it's a concentrated uh, concentration of everything. Everything we believe and hold to is in the first, uh, basically in the first 10 chapters of Genesis. And, and um, I, I believe, um, I, like to, I like to think about how could Adam uh, uh, name all those animals? How could they do that? It seems literally impossible for us to remember those things today. Well, back then, you got to realize they probably were able to use 100% of their brain. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the smartest person alive or recorded uses like, what, 13% of their brain? Our brains are not used to the, to the full capacity at all. It's a small percentage that we actually use. So, so just the thought is that, boy, they might have had their full brain. Can you imagine that? Amen. Um, but like Adam and Eve, we are still sinners in need of a Savior. They sinned and they needed a Savior. The difference is that they put their trust in the coming Savior and we put our trust in the Savior that has already come. Look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 16. We're right there. It's not far to turn to. It says, For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. I just want to point out the context here because it's important for a few verses down. Who's the writer talking about? Moses and the children of Israel. So understanding that's who the writer is talking about right now. That's what the context is. Let's, let's read down a few verses. But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left of us entering in his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. But look at this. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Then it says, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And some would say, well, look, the... the, the the, the word preached didn't profit them because it was all works. No, 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 no. This is not talking about work salvation. It said it didn't profit them because they didn't mix it with faith. Who's the context about the whole context that, 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 that the author of Hebrews will just say it's Paul is speaking about? All the children of Israel that died in the wilderness because they didn't believe the Lord. The, the same gospel that was preached to us was preached to them. Paul just said that. But it didn't profit those who didn't believe. Guess what? It's the same today. It doesn't profit those who don't believe today. 
Turn to Acts 15.1. A lot of scripture this morning. The author of Acts backs this very same thing up. <clears throat> and certain men which came down from Judea, Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. You see what they're doing? They're saying, well, you've got you to have works with salvation. They were constantly, the legalistic Jew was constantly trying to add works to salvation. Pretty much, no, no, every religion outside of Christianity is works-based or they add works to salvation. In every single doctrine, even in Christianity, that adds works to salvation is not truth. It's antichrist. Look at verse 2. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem under the apostles and elders about this question. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. And then we know this. This is, I mean, this is monumental in doctrine and scripture. Peter rises up and he begins preaching to these Pharisees, which is, by the way, the legalistic crowd. They're still out there today. This is the crowd that's always trying to add works to the equation. Amen. And, and Peter begins to preach grace. He, he's preaching the same salvation that is through grace alone, through faith alone, that every believer must accept this free gift of salvation all the way from Adam to the last trump that's going to sound. Look at verse 10. Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But look at this. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Who is the we in the verse? Anybody and everybody, the Jews and the Gentiles? And who is the they that's in the context? Moses and the prophets. Turn to Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Titus 2, 11. A little bit of scripture this morning. Amen. Titus 2, 11. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to some men. And I would hope that that raised the red flag for you because the grace of God that bringeth salvation did not appear to some men. It appeared to all men. Verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You say, well, what, what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm really trying this morning to prep and, and, and get us to see the importance of the high priest. The importance of the high priest. God used Moses and the prophets all day long to point to the coming Savior, which is who? The great high priest. That's why God didn't tolerate disobedience. Holiness was especially important to God as it is still today. In church, if it's important to God, should it not be important to us? Before we get to the great high priest, let's look at point number one. Point number one of two. Aaron the high priest. Look at Exodus chapter 28 verse 1. Exodus 28 verse 1. Brother Scott, it's uh, Genesis and then Exodus. Exodus. Jeremiah, could you help him out please? Thank you. 
Amen. Exodus 28, 1 says, Take thou the Aaron, thy brother, and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, even Aaron, uh, Nadab, and Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron, thy brother, for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, and an ephod, and a robe, and a broidered coat, a mitre, and a girdle. And they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons, and that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. In the next 41 verses, detail and explain exactly what Aaron was to wear going into the Holy of Holies. 41 verses explaining exactly what he was to wear. It'd be worth taking the time to read uh, on your own time this morning. It might change how you feel about how we dress to the house of God. Um, not pertaining just to how we dress, but how we act. God put a very strong importance on what they were supposed to wear, the high priest was supposed to wear. We have pastors and preachers that are going to get up in, in, in shorts and sandals and they're going to preach the word of God. There is zero reverency in there. They'll, 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 they'll dress like that to preach the word of God, but yet they'll put on a suit and a tux when they go to a wedding. The priority and the reverency is completely wrong and backwards. Exodus 28:34. A golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe round about, and it shall be upon Aaron to minister. And his sound shall be heard when he goeth in into the holy place before the Lord, and when he cometh out, he, uh, that he die not. Amen. That's, that's a good study right now. Jump to verse 43. And they shall be upon Aaron and upon his sons uh, when they come in unto the tabernacle of the congregation, or when they come near unto the altar to minister in the holy place that they bear not iniquity and die. It should be a statute forever unto him and a seed after him. So the, 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 high, the job of the high priest was a very, very important job. And it was a unique privilege to offer incense and to sprinkle the shed blood from a perfect and innocent sacrifice. Then there came a day and, 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 and can I just stress that, that everything about the high priest and what he did pointed to the high priest to come, what he was going to do? They knew that there was going to come a day that there would be no more need of a high priest anymore. In fact, there would be no need of any priest anymore. Look at Matthew 27, 41. Matthew 27, 41. Don't forget it was the religious crowd that, 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 that uh, um, whenever there is persecution of God's people, especially Jesus, the Pharisees, that's the legalistic Jews, uh, and the Sadducees, legalistic Jews, and the chief priests were the one who would crucify Jesus. They were the ones that would stone the disciples uh, and that would martyr disciples, the chief priests, 
Shame on them. Shame on them. Matthew 27, 41. Likewise also the chief priest mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down uh, from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, shielded up the ghost, and behold, a veil, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. The chief priests, the ones that were supposed to know their Bible, here's the thing that, that I'm going to lean hard on. They knew their Bible, <laughs> but yet they still denied the Messiah that came ignoring all the prophecies that he fulfilled, ignoring all the miracles that he did. They still didn't want to believe it, which means what? They cared more about their own selfishness. They want to be their own gods. You say, well, that's craziness. We do the same thing today. Men and women today still, that they believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah, sure. But we're not going to accept him at all. We believe that there's the Savior, but we're not going to accept in this one. Because we want to be our own gods. Number one, Aaron the high priest. Point number two this morning. Point number two is Jesus, the great high priest. Point number two, Jesus, the great high priest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Hebrews 4, 14. Miss Darla, don't, don't fall asleep this morning. You've got to pay attention. You've got to pay attention. Amen. Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and, and help in the time of need. Let's continue reading. Look at verse 19. Jump to verse 19. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. And inasmuch as not without an oath, he was made priest. For those priests were made without an oath. But this with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests. Because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth forever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. Whereof he is able to save them to, to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and made higher than the heavens who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first, to, uh, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once when he offered up himself. There is no need for a high priest today because Jesus Christ is our high priest. We are priests and kings in, in the sight of God. That is our spiritual place. There is no need for a high priest. In church, there is actually no need for priests at all. There is only one mediator between God and man. We don't have to go to a confession booth to, to confess our sins. That is wicked. <clears throat> that is evil. That is anti-God. That's anti-Bible. That is anti-Christ. Nowhere does Scripture ever say to do that. There's only one that we confess our sin to, sins to, and that's because he's the only mediator between God and man. No priest. No pope. 
is Jesus Christ. Every time somebody uses a confession booth, that is denying what Jesus did by giving himself as a sacrificial lamb. That, that shows that the, 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 whatever priest and whoever's going in there to confess says don't understand what Jesus Christ did for the sins of all mankind. They don't understand that we are kings and priests. They don't understand that the, the veil of the temple was rent in two. No more need for that. The high priest is the most important duty. The most important duty of the high priest was to conduct the service of the Day of Atonement. It was the 10th day of the 7th month of every year. Only he was allowed uh, to enter into the holy place behind the veil to stand before God. The high priest acted as a mediator between God and man. Church, Jesus Christ is and always will be the only high priest. He was the only one who had the ability to offer sacrifice on the Day of Atonement. Jesus was both the, the priest and the sacrifice. The blood that was shed was his own. Jesus acted as mediator between God and man, not only fulfilling 4,000 years of Scripture, but offering atonement for all mankind. Not from starting at that point, but for all mankind, past, present, future. Look at Hebrews 9.24. You're probably not far from there. Hebrews 9.24 says, For Christ is not entered in the holy places made with hands, <laughs> which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Amen. Uh, nor yet that he should suffer, uh, that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth in the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world that he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself, as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin and the salvation. One more thing about the priests in the Old Testament, the high priest. This is awesome. Whenever the high priest, well, hold on. You know that there's called cities of refuges, cities of refuge. That God placed throughout Canaan, was there five, seven, something like five or seven cities of refuge all throughout Canaan? I wonder if any was on the east side with the two and a half tribes. I'm going to have to look into that. That'd be interesting. Was there? Amen. So God set in, set in place these cities of refuge. And what these cities of refuge was, you know, there was no um, court system like we have today. God set in order a place where somebody could run to if, for instance, if I accidentally killed my brother or my sister or something, I did something bad and I'm not guilty, but I have no way to prove it. I could go to the city of refuge and I could live there. And of course, that would be abused. Six, six different cities of refuge. Amen. Amen. Of course, that would be abused. So what, what you would have is the cities of refuge would be filled with criminals. They'd be filled with absolute the worst of the worst because they ran there so they wouldn't get caught. They wouldn't, they wouldn't get their 
throat slit or hung or whatever it is by the families that were involved. And he said he's a refuge. That's where the sinners would go and the, the, the worst of the worst. And here's the thing that's, that's, that's wonderful. Don't tell me that, that the Old Testament church didn't know what they were putting their trust into and understand the role of the high priest or the high priest that was to come. That whenever the high priest would die, whenever a high priest would pass away, which would come along after every so many, many years, I don't know, 30 years, whatever, whenever a high priest would pass away, all those in the city of refuge were now granted their freedom. And they'd get a new high priest and it would start all over again. So, so think about this. The worst of the worst in the seas of refuge, they couldn't wait for the high, high priest to pass away. Then they'd have their freedom. Church, Jesus Christ is our high priest. Uh, the, the high priests in the Old Testament were, were high priests uh, uh, as a figure to come to, to show, hey, there's one that's coming that's even greater. And Jesus, when, when he, he was not only the high priest, but the sacrifice. And, and upon his death, man, we have freedom in Christ if we only accept it. It's called being born again. It's called being spiritually alive. It's the greatest thing that could ever happen to any individual, to happen to any soul. John 3.14. John 3.14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting, but have eternal. I love that it says whosoever. He didn't say everyone starting from now. That's whosoever. Look at verse three, uh, 16. We should all know this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And I love 17. It often gets forgotten about. For God sent not a Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. When Jesus walked up Calvary's hill, they mocked Him with a crown of thorns and a scarlet robe. But when Jesus comes back, there will be no mocking. In fact, Jesus will be dressed appropriately for the occasion as he always puts an importance on that. Amen. Turn to Revelations 19, 13. We'll turn to one more scripture. Revelations 19, 13. It matters to Jesus, your name. It matters to Jesus what you wear. We live in a culture where uh, manners are out the window Cut people off as they're talking. Uh, wear your uh, uh, hats uh, uh, in, in every building. Don't say sir, ma'am. Um, don't give reverence to your elders. Uh, sag your pants whenever you can. This is the world that we live in. Anything that is anti-God, anything that has any rebellion, anything against any authority, that's what the wicked heart wants to do. I remember, we'll, we'll be done in two minutes. I remember Brother Brian McBride, Evangelist McBride, Pastor McBride now. He used to play rock and roll music and, and all kinds of those kinds. Of, and he could play all the instruments. He's very talented. And he, had, he, was, he had a whole group of people. They were kind of a band, but a whole group of people he'd play with and they'd drink with and they'd just party and they'd play all kinds of rock music. Well, he got saved. He said he kept trying to play music because that's what he always loved, but he didn't enjoy what he was doing. And he realized in the weeks and months to come, he didn't care for any of that music. He wasn't even drawn to the electrical instruments. He was drawn to the natural acoustic instruments. He was drawn to gospel music. He was drawn to praising the Lord. 
So much so when we get saved, we ought to be drawn to the things of the Lord. We, the, 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 the more that the world likes something, it ought to cause us to say, huh, do we, do we want to like that when, every, when the rest of the world's liking it? I'll cause some red flags. But when Jesus comes back, boy, what he wears is important. Revelation 19, 13. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. I like that. <laughs> Amen. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, and white and clean. I believe that's us. Amen. Those who are born again and saved. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with, with that way that he shall smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And look at this. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. We're New Testament Christians. What does that mean? It means that there's no need for a priest or a high priest anymore. It is unbiblical to be a priest. It's just not biblical. It means that there's no more sacrificing for sins. The debt has been paid. There's only one mediator between God and man. And that's the only high priest that ever really, really mattered. That's the only high priest that all the other high priests were looking towards. When, that, when the veil of the temple was rent, they ended it. No more priests. Amen. Matthew 23, 9 says, And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Don't call no man your spiritual father. That is direct against Scripture. Amen. Yet we have denominations that tell you to do that. 1 Timothy 2, 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Don't get in a confession booth. It's not biblical. 1 Timothy 2, 6 says, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Oh, he was testified in due time. God set a, set a point uh, throughout history to be testified in due time. And I believe with all my heart that the timing of Jesus on the cross was to get max grace, give max grace for, the, for, for mankind. I believe that. I believe that. Church, I pray that we get serious about studying our Bible. And we get serious about this Christianity thing. We got so many Christians that play church. Going to church, soothing their conscience, not growing at all in the Lord. I'm glad that you come to church. But how much greater would it be if you studied the Bible yourself? Learn for yourself. I could be teaching you wrong. There's wrong doctrine preached all over the world because the, church, the churches are not like the churches in Berea which they went home and studied for themselves. If you're not growing in the Lord, please get on your knees and get it right this morning. Even in your living room, even in your car, even in your bedroom, wherever you are, please, please stop playing church. Please stop playing this Christian life as if it's just a perk that you have in as American, but, but really... Grow the spiritual man. Don't be the same man that you were six months ago or a year ago. If you're, if you're not growing in the Lord, something needs to change. And of course, if you don't know the Lord this morning, you're watching this online, maybe in weeks and months and years to come, and you've never accepted the Lord as your Savior, I'm telling you, we gave salvation verses this morning, John 3.16. Jesus Christ 
the great high priest and sacrifice, amen, he paid the price that only he could pay for the sins of not just me and not just preachers and missionaries and pastors, but the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future. That was made known to Adam and Eve. You know, the, the, the skin covering, there's a, a blood sacrifice that had to be made the, with their children. There, there's this blood sacrifice of an innocent animal had to be sacrificed. That's the only way God would be pleased. But yet men still want to add works. And they still want to, I can do, be good enough. I can read my Bible this much. I can go, none of that gets you into heaven. It's accepting that Jesus is your personal Savior. Will get, allow you to be born again. you become a new creature. And then once you're saved, then you can grow the spiritual man. You can read and read and read, but if you're not saved, you're not going to grow and it won't make any sense to you. Amen. I pray that you allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in your heart. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray for, uh, for everyone that's been listening live this morning, Lord, that they would allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in your, their hearts. I pray, Lord, that we'd stop playing church, that we'd stop... Uh, 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 abusing your grace and we take you for your word and actually study like you told us to do. Lord, you said study, show thyself approved, Lord, but yet we don't study, which means what? We're not approved. And just by statistics alone, we know that you don't approve of many, many Christians that are walking the earth right now. Lord, help us to be Christians that are approved by you. We love you, Lord, and thank you for the opportunity to use the internet platform to get your word across. Thank you for your people. We love you so very much, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, don't forget, we'll be meeting in person tonight at 5 o'clock. Uh, hope you can come. Uh, we'll, we should be done by 6. Everybody can make it to the game. Amen. I look forward to it. Go Lions. Uh, if you're rooting for the other team. Um, don't even come to church. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I hope everybody sent in their um, photos. It'll be a blessing to see them in just a few minutes. And um, um, send in all your answers to the questions. I hope uh, we will announce the winner tonight of, uh, of the questions. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a great afternoon. Be safe. And Lord willing, the weather will be fine. We'll be here tonight at 5. We'll see you all.